announcement last week um, that uh, at the end of the year, we're not going to be renewing our lease on our three buildings that we have um, on the campus here of uh, uh, Old Emerton and Wheel Road. And uh, uh, to get some perspective of that, if you're having a chance to go back and listen to that sermon, go to our website, thisgen.com, and go to like a media tab and uh, listen to the sermon um, because it's going to give you some context of why we have made that decision. And the question on everyone's lips is, where are we going? And the answer is, we don't know. So uh, uh, we are making a real step of faith, and we're believing uh, that God has got great things for us, but we honestly believe that God is moving us on out um, of these digs right here. So uh, we're, we're excited about what God is going to do, but we're also really fearful because we just don't know what tomorrow holds. So, uh, so it's a little bit of uh, both. But we started a, a series last week called Wonder, and uh, well, we're going to continue in that uh, series today. So uh, as, uh, as most of you know, um, in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to be uh, taking my uh, uh, citizenship uh, interview and transferring from being uh, a legal permanent resident to being a citizen of the United States. And so uh, what I've been thinking about over the last few uh, weeks, few months, is transitioning to becoming an American. And so there's lots of things that I've thought about. Should I buy a truck or not? I'm not sure. You know, do I wear white socks and New Balance shoes all the time? I'm not sure if you don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what Americans do. And so I'm really not sure. But one thing I've discovered, I discovered uh, when I moved over here uh, and I realized I need to do, uh, if I want to be a, a man who is an American, then if someone says, do you have a knife? I better go into my back pocket and pull out a knife right? Because American men, for some reason, just carry knives all around them. Now, I won't do a, a poll of hands this morning, but I wonder how many men in here are actually carrying a knife with you right now. Um, probably a lot of you, because it's amazing. Like, you just ask, uh, who has a knife? And it's like all the men in the room. Yep, I have the knife. I have the biggest knife, you know. And so I've decided that I need to start carrying a knife around with me uh, a little bit. It sounds like pretty bad to carry a knife all the time, but that's what I've discovered American men do a lot. The other thing I've discovered that I need to be good at uh, or I need to have plenty of in my house if I want to be an American is duct tape. Because if you go into someone's house in the United States of America and they don't have duct tape, you know that they are a fraud. They're not really American, right? And so... Duct tape. Uh, we, we, we have this kind of stuff in, in the UK, but it's not like it is over here because duct tape is this amazing thing, right? So it, it, it's super sticky tape. Uh, it was originally designed to actually tape duct work together, if you didn't know, but there are so many more uses for duct tape than just taping duct work together. Imagine the makers of duct tape. They decided, oh, we're going we're gonna to go into this niche market and finding tape to tape duct work together. They could not have imagined what duct tape would have been. So I got some pictures this morning, just some things that Americans use duct tape for. So, I mean, that, that is what you call redneck American, right? I mean, that's what you would call it. So that's a pretty cool idea. It's a little uh, cup holder. You can never have enough cup holders in your car. I just know that. Uh, I, I, let's take a look at the next picture that, that we have. So, so if you... 
so a lot of people they will put like the the the, the cellophane stuff on the uh, the plastic on their uh, on their couches instead of using that you could put duct tape on it and it's great you know it's never going to wear out at all that's a whole lot of duct tape that's all i'm saying i bet that was generic that wasn't real duct tape that was probably too expensive let's take a look at uh, the next picture there we go you could you can make yourself some shoes i mean what a great idea i don't know about you but i've got lots of pairs of shoes that just suddenly are the worst for wear and i just haven't thrown them out so i can put them with duct tape and then take a look at the next one and the next one uh yeah so what a great idea you know, if you need to bring something from Ikea home and you don't have a roof rack, then just go buy yourself some duct tape and you are good. Uh, I love the back window on that car as well. I mean, that's just poor people need a new car. So, but duct tape, duct tape is amazing. But this duct tape, it reminds me of purpose. It reminds me of purpose, for we spend so much of our lives looking for purpose. Everybody wants to know, what's my purpose in life? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? People are striving for a better life. They're striving to be blessed. They're, they're, they're trying to attain more. Uh, they're, they're working for more. They're, they're trying to find a life that is full of peace, a, a life that is full of joy. Yet when we start to live out our true God purpose we find out that life is more than what we first thought. The makers of duct tape, when they were creating duct tape, they had one goal, to tape duct work together. They would have had no idea what would have happened when suddenly that went on the market. They would have never even imagined they could have sold so many rolls of duct tape. There would have been so many different purposes used for duct tape that they couldn't have imagined that. And that's the same with our purpose in life. So often we think, I just need to find my purpose in life. And we think of something, but when we start living out our God purpose, we start finding out we're a little like duct tape. We had one thing in mind, but God has so much more in mind for us. Growing up in England, uh, we, we heard of a, a hero of faith a lot, a man called David Livingston. And David Livingstone uh, li lived back in the 1800s. Uh, we've actually got a picture of David Livingstone. He was a Scottish doctor. He was a physician. He studied uh, to, to practice medicine uh, in, in Scotland. And he would have thought that his purpose in life was to study medicine and be a physician and take care of sick people. And so he went to college, he went to medical school, and he tried to, uh, to, to, to be the best doctor that he could. He was also a follower of Jesus as well. And one day he got invited to go on a missionary trip to the continent of Africa. He, he, he went there to, to go and help with just some medical uh, things that were, were going on to help take care of some sick people. And so... Back in those days, they didn't have airplanes. You had to take a ship and go all the way uh, round down the Atlantic and into Africa. So it was a big commitment because it would be many, many months before he could get back to his livelihood of being a doctor. And when he arrived in Africa, suddenly he said that Africa stole my heart. And as he started to just explore and go on this missions trip, he suddenly started to realize that the people of Africa needed Jesus. 
started to discover that the people of Africa were hard done by that. A lot of the European nations had gone to Africa and they had trafficked people and taken them back to Europe or into the West Indies and the Caribbean uh, to, to be slaves. And, and it broke David Livingstone's heart. And so David Livingstone started to change his life so that he became a, campa- a campaigner to stop slavery in Africa and win people for Jesus Christ in Africa. And this man thought his purpose was to become a doctor. But in the end, he came what, what is called the father of Africa. God had so much more for him than just being a doctor. Like there is so much more to duct tape than meets the eye. And in your life, in the life of our church, there is so much more to us than what we think. We think our purpose is what we can put into words. We have nice little mission statements, whether it's in our life or organizations have mission statements. And our purpose is what we can put into words. But God's purpose for us is so much more. In fact, God is continually finding new ways in our lives to use us for his purpose. We say here at Generation Church that our purpose is to make the bride of Christ beautiful again to the world that God loves. And what we mean by that, the Bible refers to the bride of Christ as the church, to make the church a beautiful church, that the world around us sees a beauty within the church of Jesus Christ. But when God looks at Generation Church, this is what he says, don't limit yourself to just that. There is so much more that you haven't even imagined yet. So last week as we started this wonder series, we discovered a man called Terah and his his story is found in Genesis 11, at the end of Genesis 11. And Terah had a vision to leave his land that he was in called the Ur of the Chaldeans and then journey to the land of Canaan. And so he took his family and he took, uh, took the people in his household and they started to journey towards Canaan. And that was the vision, but the problem was he never made it to Canaan. He ended up in a town called Haran and settled there a little too long. And in the end, he died in Haran and he never fulfilled the vision that he had for his life. And then that's how we talked about just our our, our building here at the corner of Old Emerton and Wheel Road. That we felt that this is our generation's church's Haran. And we feel that God has so much more for us and we can settle here and have a good life. Or we feel that God is moving us on out of this Haran. And then we discovered last week that Terah had a son called Abraham. And Abraham, after his father had died, took on the task of fulfilling the vision. Abraham took his family to the land of Canaan and he journeyed on to fulfill the vision that his father had. The original vision was then fulfilled by Abraham as he set up, in the, set up camp in Canaan. And, and this is Abraham's story. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Genesis 12, Genesis 12, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It said, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who curse you. Uh, uh, I will bless those 
So I bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot and all his wealth his livelihood and all the people he had taken into the household of Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moriah. At the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. So Abram got to this place called Canaan. His father, Terah, had had a vision for a better life but he never quite fulfilled the vision. Then God speaks to Abraham and says that he will take him. Go on, go to Canaan, for this is the promise that I'm going to give to you. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous. Now, just to put this in context, at this moment in life, Abraham and his wife Sarah have not had any children. So he has no offspring. But God is saying to him, I will make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous. And when most people think of the story of Abraham, this is what they think. They think he was a man that God had promised a great nation. He was a man that God was going to bless and he was a man that was going to be famous. And this is what we think with our pur- the purposes in our lives. We think, yes, God wants to just bless me. God wants to build me up to make me great. And for Abraham, as he journeyed towards Canaan, the journey was about experiencing the blessings of God. And this is the problem with a lot of people. Most people in life seek out purpose in order for them to find their blessing. See, we want to find purpose in life because we think if we find purpose in life, then we will be great and we will find blessing. And that is what most people think. The makers of duct tape, they sent out to design a product that would hold duct work together. They didn't do it because they thought, you know, everybody needs well-held-together duct work. They did it because they wanted to make a profit. They wanted to find blessing. They, they, they found a niche in the market, and, and, and they wanted to find blessing. But this is what I know. The wonder of the purposes of God, though, is not just blessing on your life. The wonder of the purposes of God is not just blessing on your life, but God desires to work in and through you to bless others. Notice, there was more to the blessing than just Abraham's blessing. The purpose was this. God said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. I will make you famous, he said, so that all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. See, so often we think the purposes of God is that we will be blessed. We want to receive blessing, blessing, blessing. And we think of Abraham, God blessed him. But what was the purpose of the blessing? 
It was so God could bless others through Abraham. In your life, God's blessing is not for just you to enjoy. It is so that you can turn around and bless others. God has not given you that job with that income so that you can just keep it all for yourself so that you can bless others. God has not given you that nice house with that nice big TV and sound system just for you to go and watch the Ravens versus the Chiefs today. I think God has given it so that you can be a blessing to others. God has not given you that education or or that knowledge or, or that skill just so that you can use it to bless yourself. I think God has given it so that you can bless others. God has not given us freedom to live and practice religion and worship God just so that we can keep it to ourselves. God has given us freedom so that we can bless others. In the life of our church, God didn't create our church just so that we can be blessed and come and experience God's presence on a Sunday morning. He created us so that as a church, we can be a blessing to others. So if God had called Abraham to bless others, then who was Abraham to bless? Well, in Genesis 12, 6, it tells us that the land was inhabited by Canaanites. I mean, go figure. It was the land of Canaan. Of course, it was inhabited by Canaanites. But I think the Bible tells us this for a specific reason. Because remember, Abraham was called to bless others. And the only other people in this story we hear about are the Canaanites. Remember, Abraham was a foreigner. He did not belong in Canaan. When he got there, he was the stranger. The people of Canaan owned the land. They lived different lifestyles than Abraham. They even worshipped a different God than Abraham. Now imagine this, if Abraham had gone through the land and started proclaiming, God has given me this land. This land is going to be mine and my nation out of this is going to dwell in this land. Do you know what would have happened? They would have thrown him out before he'd even set up a tent. But this is what so many Christians do. We go into our workplaces, we go into our neighborhoods, we go into our schools, and the different places we go. Church planters are the worst at this. Tell me. I was a church planter, so I can verify this. We go into places and we start proclaiming, God has given me this land. God has given me this workplace. God has given me this school. God has given me this neighborhood. God has given me this grocery store. And very often people start getting offended because they were here first. Abraham's purpose was not to seize the land. Abraham's purpose was to be a blessing to others. Abraham's purpose wasn't to wipe the land clean of Canaanites. It was to dwell amongst the Canaanites and be a blessing. And in your workplace and in your school and in your neighborhood, your purpose isn't to clean out all the sinners so all the Christians can move in. 
it's to go into your workplace and your school and your neighborhood and even your grocery store and be a blessing to others. Abraham's purpose in God's eyes was to be a blessing. You will never be able to take the land until first you become a blessing to those who inhabit the land. We will never be able to reach our workplaces, our neighborhoods, schools, social clubs, and the rest for Jesus Christ until we suddenly become a blessing to those that are in those places. This was not, the vision was not just to bless Abraham. God had a greater purpose than just blessing Abraham. And this is what I know. You will always be blessed when you, with a sincere heart, live out your life to be a blessing to others. You will always be blessed when you, with a sincere heart, live out your life being a blessing to others. So Abraham comes into this land. He sets up his camp under the oak of Moriah. And then it says this in verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built an altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abraham continued traveling south by stages to the Negev. Abraham got it. His focus was God, not the blessing, not the work, not the harvest he was going to get in Canaan, not the future. Because everywhere that Abraham went and traveled, he set up an altar to worship God. From the tree of Moriah in the Shechem to Bethel, to Ai, by stages he went south to the Negev, all areas in the land of Canaan. These were just monuments to symbolize worship to God. But the amazing thing is, while Abraham was just taking part in the simple practice of worship to God, he had no idea what foundation he was laying for the future. See, each of those places that are mentioned... Shechem, Bethel, Ai, the Negev, all these places later became huge places of significance for the nation of Israel in their worship and their pursuit to God. Just a simple moment of prayer and worship unto God later became so significant. See, your moments of prayer or worship to God may only seem a moment in time for you, but it has the potential to define a generation. As we were just here this morning, just singing along with the band in worship unto God, it may have just been another Sunday morning worship set. But you don't know what was happening in the heavenlies. Just your moment of worship and singing to God has the potential to define a generation. 
Our simple moments of just spiritual practices, of prayer, of, 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 just, of just worship unto God can change a future generation. My, my, my father's father, my grandfather, died when my father was seven. And so my grandmother had to raise up two children just by herself. And she used to work late and, uh, and, and, and they lived in terrible poverty. In, in South Wales, in, in the United Kingdom. And, but my father said there would be nights he would wake up as a young boy and he would go downstairs just as a young uh, preteen teenager and, and it would be the middle of the night and he would go downstairs and he would see his mother in the middle of the night in the dark just knelt on the floor on this kitchen floor, on a cold kitchen floor and he could hear her crying out to God for her kids, and then for her grandkids when they come. And, and, and he says that with tears in his eyes because my grandmother was just a mighty woman of God, this single woman who just relied so much on God and God did amazing things through. But just these simple moments of just in the middle of the night kneeling in prayer, asking God, to take care of her kids and then her future grandkids. And I'll be honest, I'm just riding on her coattails. Because if it wasn't for people like that, I don't think people like me would be here right now. The simple act of prayer, defining a generation. Never let a simple moment of prayer or worship think it has no significance. As you go about your everyday life, wherever you go, set up altars wherever you go. Moments of worship, moments of prayer for a quiet, a small quiet moment has the ability to change the future. And this is what Abraham did everywhere he went. He set up altars to God. But then problems started to happen. And it's always funny when you start following God and following the vision that God has for your life, problems start to happen. We don't have time this morning to, to read all about it. But if you read the rest of Genesis chapter 11, this is what happened. Famine struck the land of Canaan. The land that God had promised, the land that God had taken Canaan to, now the blessing wasn't so much. There was famine. So Abraham took his family and they he took him out of Canaan and they traveled south to the land of Egypt where there was no famine. People were in blessing. They were going down to Egypt thinking that it was going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. But as they got near, suddenly Abraham got scared and fearful. See, it seems like Abraham was one of those guys who was batting above his average. What I mean by that. He looked at his wife and he was just like, you are beautiful. I'm not so much. When we get there, they're going to take me out if they find out that, you know, we're together. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pretend to be brother and sister. And when we get there, these people are going to want, you know, to take you in. For the sake of us finding blessing, just do as they say. And he went there trembling. And as they went into Egypt, it's exactly what happened. In fact, she got taken in. 
And suddenly all these problems started to happen. And then they found out that they were married. And basically what happened, they chased them out of Egypt. The problems started to happen. And what happens in our life when the blessing ceases for a season? What happens when suddenly we're following God and suddenly we're not blessed anymore? This is where danger can strike. See, when the vision and the purpose of our life is to be blessed, then we are on dangerous ground. For there are always seasons in our lives when the blessing will cease. And it's in this moment that we can start to lose our focus on the vision of where God is taking us and what God is doing in amongst us. Remember for Abraham, the vision was for Canaan. The purpose was to be blessed so that he could be a blessing to others. However, Abraham goes through one of those moments in life when he starts to question God. And I won't ask you to raise your hand because I'm sure all of us will raise our hand. But who has ever questioned God in their life? Right? If you haven't, then I don't know if you're really serving God. Because sometimes you're like, God, what are you doing? Like, what, why? You took me here. You took me out of, with my family, Ur of the Chaldeans. We had an okay life. We went to Haran. We had a great life. But now you've taken me to Canaan. And now all I see is famine all around. What are you doing, God? And as the famine spread, Abraham took matters into his own hands. And he says, it's time to keep moving on. Maybe Canaan wasn't the place that God had for us. See, Abraham forgot that Canaan was the promise. This is what I believe he may have suddenly thought in this moment. He started thinking that the blessing was the promise. The promise was Canaan. But when the blessing stopped, he followed the blessing. He wandered around until he could find the blessing. The problem for Abraham was that the blessings of Egypt were not for Abraham. God had greater things for Abraham. And when we start chasing after someone else's blessing, we're going to start having problems. So often we can be like Abraham. We think that if we follow God, then everything should be good. (laughs) And if it isn't, then God's not in it. We think if there's not a blessing around, if there's famine, if I I can't even have enough to feed my children, then, oh, God can't be in this. So we take matters in our own hands and we start searching for the blessing. But this is what I know. When you leave the place that God has placed you in search of better, you will find that the place that you go very often will cause more issues than you ever thought possible. But... When you honor God and put your trust in God, then God honors you and you will be blessed even in the famine. Just for a moment, I want you to just wonder about if you have kids, your kid's life. If you don't have kids, what maybe the future could hold. If suddenly your desires and wants were out the way, And God did in them or in you everything that he wanted to do. Just imagine and dream for a moment. If God could take your kids and say, 
I'm going to do this with them. I'm sure it would be way more than whatever you could imagine for them. In your life, if, you, if God could just take you and says, I want to do this through you, it would be so much greater than anything you could even imagine by yourself. And this is what happened for Abraham. Genesis 13 tells us this. Abraham finally came to his senses and was just like, you know what? I'm living in Egypt. I'm having a horrible time. My wife's not even living with me anymore. People think we're brother and sister, which is kind of weird. What are we doing here? Why are we living in, in this, trying to search for a better life? This isn't a better life. So he takes Sarai and his family, and he moves back to Canaan. And Genesis 13 told us this. He went back to Canaan, and he became very rich. Now, this isn't a sermon of prosperity. It's not about becoming rich. Because rich is a perspective thing. The people in third world Asia or third world Africa, we're incredibly rich. To the Kardashians, nah, not so much, right? He became very rich. Abraham was blessed when following the path of God, not the path he thought. The blessing came when he sought after God, not when he sought after the blessing. And as a church, when we seek out to be a blessing to others for the sake of Jesus Christ, then we thrive and we see the blessings of God. However, if we seek out to bless others just so that we can be blessed, this is what happens. We don't bless others. And we're probably not blessed ourselves. In your life, when you pursue Jesus to bless Jesus, then you will thrive. However, when you pursue Jesus for the sake of being blessed, you will probably end up confused and compromising your values like Abraham did in Egypt. So this is what I want us to do today. I want us to wander. Wonder what God will do if we dedicate our lives to be a blessing to others for the sake of Jesus Christ. What will God do in and through Generation Church? What will God do in and through your life if you say, wake up tomorrow morning and you say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about me being blessed. I'm just going to be a blessing to others. Let our minds wander today. What will happen with our church if we decide, you know what, let's not worry just about us having a great church experience. But let us strive to be a blessing to those that God has put in our way. God has put in our path. God has set us up next to. See, you may be living in blessing right now. You may be living in famine. No matter what you are, whether it is blessing, whether it is famine, pursue Jesus, trust God, and bless others.
And this is what the promise is. Abraham, you will be a great nation. You will be blessed. You will be famous. But you will be a blessing to others. And all the people on the earth will be blessed because of you. Imagine that for generations. Imagine if we could say in Harford County, all the people of Harford County were blessed because Generation Church decided, you know what? We're not going to worry about us being blessed. We're going to choose to be a blessing to them. I wonder what God will do if we decide to be a blessing to others. Let's bow our heads in prayer. while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, just before we finish our our service, we're going to pray in a moment. But before we pray, I want us to just seek God for a moment. And ask Him to search our hearts, search our motives. Are we living out this life and pursuing Jesus so that we just can be blessed? Or are our motives true and pure? That we're serving Jesus because we want Jesus to bless others. I want us to think of ways this morning that we can bless and be a blessing to others. That in the blessing that God has given us, that we can turn around and bless others. And you right now may be in a famine season in your life and you may think, I have nothing at all to give. I'm going through stuff in my own life. Even in famine, you can be a blessing to others. You may be in this place this morning and and, and you may be full of blessing and you have so much. The danger can be to start seeking more of the blessing instead of taking that blessing God has given you and blessing others. See, this is what I know what Jesus did when Jesus walked this earth. Jesus had the full power of heaven. He could have wiped out the Romans and he could have brought the Pharisees to their knees. He could have made this world a place where everyone just instantly bowed down to him. But instead, he decided to take that power and just be a blessing to others. And so this is what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to stand and I'm going to ask you to do something that Some of you may feel comfortable with, some of you may not, but I'm just going to ask you just to open up your hands to God in an act of surrender. And we're going to pray, and we're going to pray that this week, that God is going to take us and use our lives, that we may bless others and be a blessing to others. That as we continue on this journey to fulfill all that God has for us, that we will bless others. So why don't you stand to your feet this morning, open up your hands to Him, just as an act of surrender to Jesus this morning. And let us as a church this week, 
bless Hartford County, bless Baltimore County, bless Baltimore City, wherever you may work, wherever you may live today, that we may be a blessing to others, that they may know that Jesus loves, that Jesus saves, that Jesus is the real deal. So Father God, this morning we come before you and we lift our hands in surrender to you. God, as the old hymn says, take our life and let it be, Lord, consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take our lives, Lord Jesus. Take our moments and our days. Lord, in this moment, Lord, we pray, God, that we will be a blessing to those that we meet this week. God, that those that we interact with in our place of work. God, those that we interact with and we speak to in our schools. Lord, those neighbors, Lord, that, 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 that we have a, a moment with. Those friends that we spend time with. Those family members, God, that we get together with. Those people that we may bump into in the grocery store. We pray, Lord, that this week will be a week that as a church, we will not just be blessed ourselves but that we will be a blessing to others. So speak to us. Use us, Lord. Let our motives be pure and sincere, that we may do the work of Jesus and we may bring life into every conversation and relationship that we interact with this week. Let us be a blessing so that all the people of this world will be blessed through you. We ask in the name of Jesus, we pray.